journey up to now. Yeah. Oh, too loud? I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. no, no. Keep rocking, oh, Bernie. We love doing. it. We love it. Give us another one. Episode number three of Dano Says So. My guest today is Pete Kramiak. Most fans of 80s hardcore, of 80s American hardcore specifically, in my opinion, have a unique re reverence for his band, Verbal Assault, and even for his work after that, Rain Like the Sound of Trains and things like that, um, because they have a, had a habit, habit of unexpectedly raising the bar. You would buy a new record. You would, you know, listen to somebody's tape, and at least once or twice over the course of that, course of that thing you're going to be caught off guard with the execution or the outside the box thinking or even just the tone and attitude of the whole thing um i'm more than a little bit thrilled to get your get to pick your brain about that today and so uh, without any further thank you for doing this pete oh thank you i'm just glad to talk to somebody <laughs> locked in this house with four women for like <laughs> five months now yeah it's i haven't seen I'm a member of my band since I haven't seen a member of my band since February 29th. I'm supposedly yeah. an essential worker, so I go into work, but it's it's to the restaurant, it's back home. It's to the restaurant, it's back home. Yeah. And my cat appears sick of me, you know. Yeah, mine mine is not. Okay. Um, so the fanboy geek question, just to break it up and not go right at you about current events. Um, Heel, I think, uh, on the trial record. Yes, is a freaky little piece of guitar set. Um, it's got, uh, I think, a prolonged. I think it's got an elongated pick slide, and then this just epic climb in terms of the riffing, right? Yeah, Thank it's you. a signature yeah. sound. It's a thing a lot of guitar players that I know aspire to. What were you playing? How'd you make it happen? How'd you get that sound on the record? Um, it's uh, I kind of lucked into it, and um, then never changed. I uh, had a good Marshall and Les Paul at the time, and then um, Tom Gorman, who was in Purple Salt for a while and later played in the band Belly, um, had just bought a Mesa Boogie. And um, I went down to D.C. I, I kept, I was just always go down to D.C. My grandmother lived like a couple miles from Discord House. So any excuse I had to go down there, I would just go down there and check in with all the D.C. folks. And I was at the, uh, the Dag Nasty house at the time in Arlington. And um, Ryan Baker was like, hey, you want to buy this stereo chorus? And it was like one of those like rack mount, you know, things. And I had seen him, the shows we had played with him, um, like the year up to that, he had it and had all these like cool long light bars. And I would just like stare at the light bars and was just like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, oh, you want to buy it? And, and we chatted, and he's like, yeah, I used it on Can I Say? And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be okay. I'd be a little interested in that, you know? Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, 
And so, yeah, 125 bucks. I bought the thing and um, got back to Newport. And me and Tom were in the practice space. And I was like, dude, I got this thing off Brian Baker. Let's fucking plug it in. And uh, like I plugged it into the Marshall. It sounded, it sounded cool. It sounded kind of Brian Bakery. And then, and then I was like, dude, there's a second output. Plug it into your amp. And we did. And, and it was the, uh, I remember I just, I started playing running. And as soon as I hit the first chord, like both his and my face just like, was like, like my face was like, holy shit, I just fucking found the ring in the cave. And, uh, and Tom, like the way I saw it, I saw Tom's face go like, holy shit, he just found the ring in the cave. And then he was like, oh fuck, I want the ring. And so it was like, so, uh, yeah, and then it really was like the ring because I couldn't, I couldn't fucking turn the thing off because it wouldn't, it wasn't verbal salt after that. So I had to play out of this stupid stereo chorus with two amps and the rest of verbal salt. Two, two things occurred to me right there that uh, confirmed some suspicions for me. I always wondered whether Brian Baker figured in the mix there somehow. Um, yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so my the band that I'm in now played with played with Tag Nasty at our second show, right? It was like fun. It was. It was cool. It was very cool, and he was very gracious about the band, which even at 428 years old made me giggle, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, two things happened. They, they had someone in their crew do their sound checking and do their levels and everything else, right? And his amp sounded great. It fired up. The second he got up there and started fucking with his amp, it was a time machine. I get, like, yeah. you know, immediate chills. There, there's some people that just have a gift, you know. Yeah, I, I'm noticed. I mean, I've been... Just, I mean, I, I, I kind of put the guitar down for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of recently uh, got it. I, I was, I had kids, was building our first house. You're doing it for me, but I was going to say, you realize people are going to want me to ask why. Yeah, and it, it's not that complicated. It, it's like, I, I've literally like been on like a 25 year, like overworked, just like kind of the, Building the first house, all my shit was in storage. Um, well, actually, it goes back even more than that. When I first moved to Olympia, um, right when I moved out, I was playing with uh, William Goldsmith, who was in uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. And we, we were playing a lot and um, had like a dozen songs recorded. It just didn't have a singer. Mm-hmm. And um, and then that, that sort of just lost steam as I got... Um, more and more into starting my own business and then building my own house. I was just like, there's no time. And um, he moved away. And so for literally 20 years, most of my shit was locked away up in his basement in this like weird Sunny Day Real Estate, uh, Foo Fighters, uh, and my shit time fault. And uh, <laughs> finally, about five years ago, I was like, I could really use my shit. And uh and got in and got most of it out and um and yeah so so most like all my all my like everything but my electric guitar was up in this like time vault and I didn't really care because I built our first house had kids my first kid was always knocking the guitar over so I just put it away one day and um and she also hated when I would play I thought it was going to be like oh I'm gonna have time to just like hang out with the kid and play guitar and as soon as I would play She'd see me like drift off to like a faraway place, and she'd be like, "Uh, uh, uh, get back here," you know. Right. 
And so it just, and, and I, I was just fucking, you know, every day I was fucking exhausted from, you know, building my own house, building other houses. Well, that's, it's no small endeavor. And from what I've grasped of it, we'll talk about it later. I don't, I don't doubt that it was similarly rewarding, if not more so. Just a different thing. I, yeah, if, if I drank um, a beer, then I'd start telling you about the parallels of like hardcore band touring with running a small <laughs> construction company. It's pretty much the same thing. Like, do the same four dudes every day. Like, talk about the same shit. Like, did, you just, did you just make fun of my assertion, sir? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, where were we before that? The, uh, oh, so guitar. Yeah, so I just literally, and then, and then um, I just had a rough couple of years with my parents, kind of their last couple of years on top of working and a new baby and, like, like there wasn't like much creative like magical space if I sat down with a guitar it was just like and the one thing I've learned from those 20 years is like I'm just not like a person that has to play guitar by himself in a room like if I don't have a band fuck it you know I'm just like it's not I'm not that type of musician like for me the juice is like being in a band and and I didn't have a band so I I have a friend I have a friend who's a very disciplined writer and he holds himself to X number of words a day. And I mean, I'm talking, he's immersed in writing to the point where he got out of, he'd been in, in, in uh, commercial graphics for years and years and years, got out, bought an independent bookstore, you know, just shortly before the quarantine, everything else, still writes thousands and thousands of words a day. Mm-hmm. Hates me because he feels that I can write and that I can write with, yeah. with, with, with some skill. I can leave it sit indefinitely. And the first time I can pick it up is at one in the morning drunk. And it mm-hmm. might be the best stuff I've done in months. That's, that, that's very similar to me. Like, as yeah. soon as I pick up a guitar, it's like, oh, like, the longer I stay away, the better it is. But 20 years was a bit long, yeah. The longest I ever took off was, was nine years. And there was a, a commemoration of the first label I was on. And I went and I did, I did a set with an old band of mine. And the thing that made me get back on the mic, and I think a lot of people hope would, would you know, something similar would happen and they'd get to see you play again was that the crowd had gray hair. Was that I was looking out and they weren't Martians. I, I, my thinking yeah. was, I'm so goddamn old, this can't be my world anymore. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, man, they're, they're generational groups. Yeah. You know, and the conversations I had that weekend were incredibly fun, you know. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I mean, do you um, consider it at all? Do you toy with it? Yeah, there was serious toying very recently with, um, uh, seeing if Rebel Stall was still any good. Um, oh yeah, people would hate that. Yeah, I, I, for the first time, we we weren't gonna. I'll just I can't secrets. Um, yeah, for the first time in a long time, Chris was like, "Fuck, maybe we should do that." We were thinking like the run up to the election. It kind of like you know what could we contribute and. Maybe that was it. If we could inspire two hundred old men. <laughs> and the, well, the election, no, in the election year provides it a unique context that makes it a little bit different than some of the money grabs that inspire other reunions. I completely, yeah. I completely grasp where you're coming from with that. Yeah, yeah. So, so we we did more than entertain it. I, I actually had a ticket to go out there in March, and right when everything got shut down, I was supposed to be in Rhode Island um, just for a practice session to see. Uh, my thing was like, let's let's give it a you know ten day. I'll come out for ten days, 
see if we still are good. I don't want to do it if we didn't still. You know, the venues, the venues will not be there by election day, but yeah, that who, knows, who knows what the world looks like in 2021, you know? Yeah, seriously. But yeah, so, so, so I, I, yeah. I relearned all the songs. Chris, Doug, and Dylan were actually practicing a bunch. And, yeah. uh, and uh, just to, because Chris had the hardest job. He hasn't been doing the trial scream for 30 years. Um, but it, it, I heard a couple tapes and it was pretty much same old, same old. When you and I were active musicians at the same time, he was my verbal assault pen pal. You know? Yeah, of course. Uh, so please, uh, if you remember, tell us that I. Okay, I will. Yeah, he was a, he was a pen pal beast. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's why we're like fertile salt kind of we were very lucky but it was also that like hard work makes your luck kind of thing because I was I was a beast right. in, like setting up tours and stuff and Chris would just answer every letter and do every like you know mail order thing and so it was just a, the two of us were just a good team in that regard and that's something that completely under completely escapes the understanding of the current generation is that is 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 the amount of work that went into analog networking you know yeah it didn't fuck i mean we, yeah i mean it wasn't even work though you were just you're just so happy to do it you know yeah, well the thing i've thought i've thought about a lot and you look at you you're building houses you're a father um you have a a very real domestic agenda and responsibility there may not have been work nearly impossible to fit into a truly adult life you know, I play I play with musicians now who are fathers, who are business owners, mm. things like that. And I mean, touring now would be ten days, not six weeks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which would be fine. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. So talking about the election year and that providing having provided a potential window for uh, verbal assault allows me to swing to something that was fun. I think I told you I'm going to intro this whole interview with uh, one of your Bernie videos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How? I mean, other than other than the hair and the glasses, how exactly does that happen? You just gotta work with what God gives you. There you go. Um, uh, I, I last uh, 2016, I I was burning for Halloween, and it was a hit. Like a like like old liberal ladies at the co-op like knew me just from like my Facebook Bernie photos, and like it, like I became very not very popular, but it became a thing like people just wouldn't shut up about it um so when it was time to vote in the primaries uh i was like ah fuck it i'll, I'll dig out the bernie costume just uh, just to go down and vote and i was like maybe something will happen you know to the food trucks i figured like a riot would break out and everyone was just kind of like huh this is the weird old guy with an outfit on and carrying a t-square and old 80s like political books and like no one right. said anything i'm just like well that didn't quite work and then i i just came home and uh my neighbor saw me um and uh and she's like oh and just yelling across the driveway she's like we just came up with a video i was like oh, i'll do like a sasquatch video walking through the woods just start <laughs> filming and then so that was the first one where i was walking through the woods it's supposed to be sasquatch and then and then we did a bunch of like Rocky exercising in the woods once. And, um, and then we did a second session the next day. It was, it was funny. Crazy. I mean, very few people, very few people are going to have in your arsenal what you have for the one I did, which is all well and good to be able to do Bernie and to be fun and trip over yourself and to show some affection and for a, 
progressive candidate. Yeah. But when the guitar, but when the guitar chimes in on the one, on the on the one that I use, yeah. a lot of old fuckers got a got got a sense of chill, got a hair, got a hairs on the neck thing. There was at least three hundred of you just like, ooh. Yeah. It was it was nice. I appreciated it. Yeah, felt a little gratuitous, but fuck it. Steve, you got to get past that shit, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do. I, like, run a business. I, like, never advertise. I'm like, oh, it seems obnoxious. And yeah. Just some basic things I could probably be doing better. But We're running into the divide between us, artist versus showman. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, on the subject of Bernie, may I take that to mean that at least during primary season, that was your guy? Oh, fuck yeah. I've, I've, yeah. Been, I've been crazy for Bernie since, like, the late 80s. When we would play in Burlington his wife had set up a little like European style youth center Mm -hmm. and that's where all the punk bands would play um, in Burlington. And I remember the first, the first time we played, um, we got, we got paid like more than we should have. And then we also got paid in Ben and Jerry's uh, reject ice cream. And we were, we were mostly vegan, but I had just had mono the previous like, uh, few months and was like so fucking skinny like the doctor earlier that month had been like dude you need to eat some like you need to fatten up you're like right and uh and i, I had had ice cream a couple of times that summer just on doctor's orders and uh, mm-hmm. and then I, and then driving away from burlington with the melting cookie dough ice cream with too much cookie dough was <laughs> just like fucking bernie sanders is all right <laughs> um, but yeah, his wife set it up. It was just, you know, we'd gone to Europe twice by then. And we we're like, holy shit, this is like a little European outpost. And, right. the, you know, the kids were like, yeah, we have like a socialist mayor. And I was like, ah. And and so, I, I, and then when he was like, I think through like the 90s, he was on that, um, you know, that kind of liberal radio. Uh, I forget what it was called, Radio America. The one that Garofalo was involved in. And yeah. I think yeah. some of the young Turks people. He, he would always do a guest he would always do a guest spot and he was just this like, he was exactly the same. He was just like all the same shit. Yeah. He says today he would just go off on and I was just like, this guy's amazing. And so, yeah, I, and everything he's done lately is. So do you think he got jobs for, uh, against Clinton and now do you think the DNC, you think that there's there's truly some, some nasty dealings there? Some chicanery? Yeah. I suspect there might be some, yeah, some hijinks might be a foot. Um, yeah, I mean, a fucking course he did. I mean, like a socialist Jewish guy that like has no filter. Of course, he got fucking. It seemed it uh, seemed but, more it seemed more obvious and even more troubling the first time around. You know, it seemed yeah. it seemed it seemed very organized as opposed to just a general leaning of the party against him. You know. Yeah, I don't. It makes me wonder about myself because I'm kind of like, well, yeah, of fucking course he got screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do you expect with, you know, I, I, American I, I, political I, I, dynasties? But also, I mean, of, of course I'm furious and like, you know, I hope all of them pay a dear cost for doing it. Um, but he's moved the needle so far. I, it's like when it happened this time, um, the timing was was so weird this time with the pandemic. Um, he also seemed to to my eye, and what the hell do I know? But he seemed more resigned to it this time. Yeah, that that last debate, he really sucked at, and and um, 
Did you watch the, the the last debate he did with Biden? And he was just, so he, he just kept trying to trick Biden into saying something wrong. It was just like it was actually a really it was a really bad performance. And I was like, I was just kind of disheartened. And I was like, oh. right, um, like so when you know when he uh, suspended the campaign, I, I wasn't surprised. I was miserable, but um, like you can tell he genuinely believes like whatever it takes to stop Trump. I mean, he quickly with Hillary quickly like closed ranks. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, for being a radical Bernie supporter, I like, I like expected all the dirty politics and I mean, it's the democratic machine is, you know, it's that's what, kind of where I'm, that's kind of where I'm funneling to next is do you, do you still have any faith in the, in the two party system? <laughs> uh, if you ever did, I don't know. Either. No, but it's it's just it's just the constant like eating the slightly better tasting, you know, shit. Um, yeah, I mean, like uh, I listened to the first little bit of the the Kevin interview, and when um, so when you mentioned the Howard you, you, Howard you Dean scream, yeah. The, but I always go back to the Howard Dean scream. Like I'm like right. that was a disqualifying moment. Like and I, and one of the radio stations always plays it up here, and I'm always just like. How is that disqualifying compared to current yeah. context? It's beyond me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bernie. He. I mean, he's generally like genuinely moved the fucking debate so so far back in the right direction, and just the part of his thing about being. I mean, it has to be an actual movement, and I mean, everything he's done has has been in support of that movement. I feel like he's really just been laying the groundwork for the movement that has to come and it's I mean he'll be he'll be aged out in my opinion in another four years. But yeah. he makes he makes the AOCs, even the Elizabeth Wall even the Elizabeth Warrens, even some of the other other, you know, left of center candidates more possible or at least more digestible to the yeah. country as a whole. You know AOC was a fucking bartender and, and was I mean, you, you know the story. It's it's incredible. I mean it makes me it honestly makes me wonder like what am I just doing building houses? Like, I, like there's a political component to the stuff I, I suspect it as much. And you're, you're opening that door perfectly. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get into bicycle home building. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's more interesting than you talking about. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but you, you set it up, you teed it up. Perfectly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I build, um, super energy efficient green, houses like kind of net zero houses my house is like full net zero we make more energy than we use um Fantastic. yeah and we have like one tiny little ductless heat pump to heat this large house um it's just like it's so super insulated it doesn't really need heat or cooling it's bizarre how did you, how did you happen into this i mean where does your background in it come from and, yeah. and is it as complicated as it sounds um so when I moved back to Olympia, I was going back, I went back to Evergreen State College and did the whole organic agriculture program. Okay. I thought I was heading in that direction. I was just burnt out on touring and um, kind of looking for something a little more tangible and, and real, um, you know, for me. Um, and uh, pretty quickly, within like a month, I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to construction when I'm done with this because like... <laughs> 
you know, it was quick, like, as, as soon as there was, like, giving up tasks in the farming program, I was like, like, you guys shovel the shit, I'll go repair the roof on the shed. And, like, <laughs> okay. um, and then my first job out of college was building a little cabin for my uh, farming professor's wife, who had taken over their organic farm. And then um, I quickly fell in with this really cool um, kind of radical hippie uh, green builder dude, Tibor Brewer. Um, and um, he and JT ran this great little construction company. And JT now is one of my best friends. My, my neighbor built, built his house. Um, but Tibor was, at the time, he was like the kind of the main green builder in town. And okay. he, I mean, he really was a, just a mentor and taught me everything he knew. And even at the end, kind of the businessy stuff, which was very, very generous. Um, Would you be comfortable sending uh, some, of, some, some of the photos of some of the builds, some of the yeah. homes? I remember when I saw them on, saw, saw, I believe it was your place online. I think I might have even given you a little bit of grief about it because it was just gorgeous. Yeah, thank and, you. And it's, yeah. and it's roundabout, non-punk rock way. I think it'd probably be pretty exci- exciting or inspiring to people. So I'd appreciate that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get those to you. Um, so, so, yeah, then I was out on my own in like, I can't remember, 1999-ish. Um, just kind of building one house at a time and um, just trying to be as kind of environmentally conscious as possible. Um, and then I can't remember what year, but this, um, I read this article in New York times about, um, these German houses that it only, it took the equivalent of a hair dryer, hair dryer to heat them. And the, it was called the passive house, um, movement. And it's a kind of German, uh, methodology that, um, they kind of super analyze every house that's being built and they can compute, um, how uh, I should be better at uh, boiling this down. They're basically like analyzing the, the house by figuring out how much sun's hitting each window, how much the trees are shading. A giant math problem? Each window. Yeah, the, the, pro, the computer program is just a monster spreadsheet where just everything cross-references, all the windows cross-reference with the solar gain and the house shading and so they're able to figure out how much insulation you need for that project to get it down to a tiny, tiny energy level so that basically a small hairdryer could heat the house. That's um, craziness. And the, the goal is to, uh, yeah, to use as little energy as possible. And it's, it's based on an equation of like how many people there are going to be. I can't remember what year in the future it is, but, and then how much energy there will be allotted to each household. So it's this very kind of radical idea where like you have to meet a future energy demand based on how much pollution has to be cut back. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's very, it's also very, very German, which um, makes it a tough sell in America because you, you really have to like buckle down and microanalyze all these little things. Um, but that, I saw that article and I sent it to one of my, um, green building buddies in Seattle, Dan Whitmore. And I was like, dude, this is, this is what we should be doing. And, and he quickly like got, he did the first passive house training in the U S um, this really, really cool German woman, Katrine Klingenberg uh, moved over. And I mean, it, 
Um, and she, she was kind of, I mean, she's like the Ian Mackay of the green building movement. Like she just, you know, quickly drummed up this really huge interest. Well, in that what's occurring to me is from a dead stop, how did you finance this initially? Or am I grossly misunderstanding what it really took? Oh, there's, I mean, the, I did the training, um, you know, and that was a few thousand bucks. Um, and then, and then you're on your own. You just have to, you just have to meet the standard for the, the houses you do to get certified. And then, so this, this self-generated, self-owned or partnered business, that's your sole source of income? Yeah, yeah. Yep. A purpose-driven life right there. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's usually just me and three to four, sometimes five carpenters. It might, might boost up. We're, we'll probably start doing two houses at a time. Um, but that's about the extent of my ambitions is, um, I don't, I don't want to turn into a big company. I'm not that sort of business minded person. And would you have the kind of, would you have the kind of freedom if the six strings came calling to actually do it? Um, I, yeah, I could. Yeah. I've, I have some really good guys now that, that could run the show for a little bit. Okay. Um, um, so yeah. So, and then the passive house thing is, it's kind of blown up. It's become a bigger thing. The it's all these like very driven, environmental-minded, uh, smart architects and engineers and builders, and um, and they've it's it's come along. It's come a very long way in a pretty short time. I mean, it's a really appealing aesthetic, and it looks like it's done from a mindset that sits outside of most people's current reality, which is that the homes we've grown up in and the way we're used to living isn't sustainable. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, that's, that's exactly the point. And, and the building sector is a huge contributor to greenhouse gas. So um, there's all these like super smart dudes figuring out every little way to get the, the carbon out of the buildings. And So I have this thing um, on each interview. I try to hit right at 30 minutes, right? Yeah, good luck. And, but I don't know. I don't keep the timer. I do I just vaguely try to remember what time we started. Yeah. But I also want to make sure that I touched on the points and that I gave voice to what the people wanted to talk to. Uh, Martin and I ended up coming in at 30 minutes and 30 seconds this morning. Really? Uh, which I don't know until after I've turned it to an MP4. <laughs> so that yeah. said, and I don't know why I felt it necessary to share the, the, the behind the curtain thing with you. Um, I was able to explore the things that I really wanted to talk to you about. And I thank you for that. Um, is there anything you'd like you'd like to add before uh, we sign off? Um, uh, not that I can think of. Often. Always an unfair question, you know. And every family yeah, yeah, yeah. ever asked it. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but um. Well, then I was unfair to ask you. <laughs> yeah, then yeah, just do. Here, here's my thoughts on your your uh, Zoom cast. Sure. It is a uh, just yeah, keeping it short. I think is brilliant. And just have like, just keep calling these people back. Right. Like, just don't do a one and done. Like, freaking keep going. Like, you know. Well, like you do realize that means like, you just committed yourself to doing another one at some point. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. like next time. Yeah. Next time we'll talk like interesting family history, both of us. Oh, and, uh, Jesus. We didn't yeah. get there. We, there's no time. 30 minutes. Yeah. The, you know, I appreciate you respecting that. So you and I will do, do the next one sooner than planned. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, but that, that, like, how many times can you listen to Vic Bondi? Probably more than than once. Bondi was amazing. The only sure. the only real interruption in his running trend of thought was his dog barking. Yeah, 
I, I sent, I made the children take the dog and go away for an hour. Fair enough. Well, listen, Pete Kramiak, uh, immense thanks. I sent out, I think, 11 requests right off the bat, and all, all 11 came in. Yours, yeah. was one of, yours was one of the big fuck yes moments, so thank you. Yeah, yeah I was totally excited. You're, like, you're, you should be doing something exactly like this. I really like appreciate it. it. Yeah. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.